spidey senses tingling. You've seen him on Twitter. He's the guy who faves all the tweets where someone's making fun of you. He's the editor of this show. He's slim. This is the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 155. That's called the Fave Troll. Jonesy loves beer. Uh, Welcome to the show, paperkeg.com. We talk about the comic books that we're reading, maybe, hopefully. Or we just lie and we talk about a book we read 20 years ago. It's been a short week. has the time. It's been a short week. Uh, And then we do a book club at the end of the show. We all read the same book. Talk about it. Mesmo Delivery. So this is a brand new episode for you. Maybe this is your first time. Uh, so let's introduce the hosts. You know, we explained what the show is, so who are we? We have, I hope you're sitting down, a writer on the show. He is town-renowned in his area. He's unpublished. Let's, let's get that out of the way now. He's never been published, but he is a writer. And he's got a kid. He's his flavor of the week is green tea. Telling everybody's drinking green tea. Mm-hmm. Can't stop um, telling you. Can't stop talking to people about it. Can't stop. even when you want him to it's stop. Like, he it's won't. Like some Obnoxious. Kind of nervous twitch. Guys, Jonesy, what time is it? Green tea. Green I, tea. I thought maybe you said something about it. Um, Jonesy loves beer. Welcome. Thank you, uh, resident snake. Resident vampire, uh, but always happy to be here. Don't adjust your sets. Uh, your retinas feel fuzzy for a reason, and that's because of me pale Irish skin coming right out of you on the live internet. I don't know what just happened. Uh, we have another host with us. Much beloved. He's been called the Fave Phenom. He doesn't do the Fave Troll like I do. He's uh, huge on Facebook right now. He's our VP of merch. Um, you know, he's just, he's a great guy, ladies. He's married and a kid. Welcome, Dale underscore A. Two kids, alleged. Two of them. It's, uh, it's great to be here. I went and survived the Belt Parkway today. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I was in... New York City. Whoa. For a few hours, dropping someone off at the John F. Kennedy Airport. Wow. And I came back big. down here to pick up my kids from school. Oh my gosh. Father asleep. of the Year? Can I go ahead and just say Father of the Year? Yeah, I could say. Thank you. JFK. Never been there. I don't imagine driving to New York is uh, in any way desirable. No, it's awful. I take it's the train terrible. into Manhattan like a big shot. Um, speaking of big shots, you for listening to this show. But secondly, July 19th, you know, we we dropped a tease nugget and it plopped in your ears <laughs> last week. <laughs> uh, July 19th, you know, last July... And I think the July before it, we decided to go to a local Philadelphia bar. I have a few pints, and maybe some friends of the show could come visit the town and drink with us. So we're doing it again. What? July 19th, Barcade, Philadelphia. Third annual. The three of us will be over there playing, you know, Frogger. TMNT and uh, drinking hopefully moderately priced alcohol beverages. And you're invited. Probably heavily priced. Heavily priced. You heard it here first. Heavily priced. Jonesy loves beer. Math phenom. (laughs) 
heavily priced and heavy lines to get some of that sweet juice inside of your bloodstream. Yeah. yeah if it's after 9.05, forget about it. Oh 75 gosh. hipsters in a row. Nine, the flannel shirts in the middle of July. Ugh. Well, not only that, 9.05 rolls around and Jones is at a bar. He kicks those shoes off and finds Ooh. a lazy boy somehow <laughs> and just goes full you know, plank maneuver, laying down. And I just want to know if you can put the fan on. That's all <laughs> I want to know. So he, July 19th, I don't think there's going to be a cover. I'm just going to go ahead and say there's no cover. I have no idea. There usually we'll is not, there. but, you know. Um, and this will be in honor uh, of Mark Farrington, former host of the show. R.I.P. Mark, nice. now dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be in his honor. It'll be a great time. Yeah? The, at least the three of us will be there, hopefully. Yeah, well. Plus Canadians. There could be a cigar fest that weekend. <laughs> oh, there we go. Jonesy's got some kind of Tai Chi convention. Just fire up that uh, that guilt <laughs> tractor. Just crank it on up. Plow your guilt fields. Sow the uh, seeds of guilt. You know what was funny, Jonesy? I tweeted that self-pity reverse troll comment yeah. the other day, and then you did it later in the day. <laughs> because it's I guess you, got, you have some kind of unfollow alert. When someone unfollows you on Twitter, you know, or you're just hopefully <laughs> not just refreshing your follower count every no, day. I, and I may or may not number. have an app. And then you send this subtweet to whoever unfollowed you that they'll never see. Did you feel better after you sent that subtweet to the person that unfollowed you? I was uh, happier than a pig in S. Maybe very happy. Yeah, that's you know, Jonesy's in a real hammy mood where he's licking those lips right in that <laughs> microphone. People on the train right now hearing that noise just being disgusted. Mm-hmm. I got uh, quite a chuckle from my own tweet, my own subtweet to oh, nobody. Gosh, well, I guess that makes it all worthwhile. But, uh, dear train commuter, rest easy knowing that Jonesy, whether at Barcade, oh, whether in Lancaster, PA, can fashion an Adirondack chair out of darn near any material <laughs> so he could lay back in ease. We, uh, listen, this just came over my desk. We're running out of time. We're running out of tape. Let's switch it up. I'm going to put Dale on the spot right now. Oh, God. We're going to Dale. Yeah. First off, probably the first time in 20 episodes. My Maybe the last time we ever did the news segment, uh, twenty episodes. All, twenty episodes ago, maybe. Um, maybe maybe in the fireside after show we could talk about how I listened back to episode seventy six, <laughs> and how different we were back then. But Dale, what did you read this week? How racist I was. I read <laughs> now. Now I just read this, but it came out last week. But since I talked about the new Fantastic Four last week, circa nineteen ninety. I wanted to still talk about this because I felt it needed talking about the Chicago Organized Workers League, Cowl. Hmm. New image title by Kyle Higgins, Alec Siegel, and Rod Rice. And it is the early 60s, and superheroism has unionized. And from what I gather in this very nice world-building setting the stage issue, uh, the city of Chicago had to contract out their services to kind of wrap up the Chicago 6 problem, which is the, over the past 10 years, Chicago has a bad, had a bad rap and a bad um, deal with these six villainous people. And the, the beginning of the issue, the last of the Chicago 6 is being apprehended by the Workers League, and it just so happens that it's almost time for uh, re-upping the contract from this between the city of Chicago and the Workers League. So the head of Cowell is kind of a, uh, a sneaky kind of dude. He's a self-centered a-hole. As oh, remember my. the um, the scene in Jerry Maguire where the the hockey player's kid goes to Jerry Maguire. And Jerry's like, don't worry, we're going to get him out there because not even an army can stop your dad, right? And the kid's just like, you're an a-hole, Jerry. <laughs> so it was kind of like this. Like this kid approaches the head of the Workers League, and it's one of the Workers League sons, and call, and he calls this guy a self-centered a-hole. And, you know, there's there's a dissension among the ranks, but it's time for the Workers League to re-up their contract with Chica- the uh, the city of Chicago and we're going to see what happened from there is maybe they're going to be some 
you know, some fake, some planted trouble Uh-oh. to justify the union. I, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to see, but it's it's a kind of a cool take, and there's plenty of world building left to do, which is which could be a good thing for this for this book. What do you think of that Rod Rice on art? It's it's a bit of an acquired taste, but the colors I liked, the art and the colors combined, was uh, was nice. It was it kind of reminded me of a Sinkevich, a, a Sinkevich, and a little Temple Smith in there. Mm. For flavor, but I good. Oh no, I was gonna say I, um, I found him for whatever reason on Instagram, so I follow his Instagram oh. account. That's the only way I knew of this guy, and maybe Tumblr. And I really liked his stuff, and then I saw that he did this book out of nowhere, so I downloaded it. But I haven't read it yet. I paged through it. Yeah, the uh, the art overall was gorgeous. I liked it, but the uh, I think the sequen- sequential, if that's the terminology, if that's the right terminology. You know the uh, the jumps between panels were a little to be left desired, but that mm. could be just my interpretation of the art. It could have been perfect for all I know. I don't right. Know. I mean, you drove to JFK and back and picked up your kids. Yeah, you don't my, know what's going on. You don't know what day it is. Yeah, my throat hurts. I'm assuming it's because of lack of green tea from all the ads and commercials that I hear. You need my, those antioxidants, and, my friend. Uh, you know, I'm a little under the weather. My nose is runny. Yeah, full of oxidants. Is what you want. How's that shawl? Is that shawl helping at all that so you have on your shoulders? Better, at least. No yeah. matter what's going on in my life. Old red is there. Red is there for me. Yeah, I got to read that. I like the cover. It had a good eye-catching cover. Mm-hmm. That cowl or um, yeah. whatever it's good called. Good stuff. I want to drop a bombshell right now. God. It just sounded like your cheeks tightened when you said that. <laughs> like you can't take it. Show, God, no. Um, DC Comics. Oh, God, what? Paul Dini. Joe Quiones. Black Canary and Zatanna Blood Spell. I saw these two women on the cover. And the Joe Kiona's art, and I was like, I need you in my life. It's a DC OGN. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? I don't need to read any junk from these two in the past. I can just hop in here. And I was like, sign me up, Detective Comics. Mm -hmm. So I downloaded it, 130-aught pages, and gorgeous art. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you don't need to know anything about these characters going in. Um, it tells a story of these kind of two gals at a younger age. They met when Zatanna was training, um, and they had this really cool moment. And then they meet up again later uh, during a heist gone wrong uh, with Black Canary. And something happens where the Black Canary essentially triple-crossed the person in this heist to stop them. But something happens with the, the, the girl that was running the heist and she kind of dies slash vaporizes slash lives on because of a blood pact and swears revenge on the girls in the heist. So she tries to kill off all these girls and Black Canary finds out that it's happening so she enlists Zatanna, you know, now fully grown into a woman and they go on the hunt to get to the bottom of it. I was smitten with it. Smitten, smitten. with the whole book. And not just because they're wearing fishnet tights. I mean, that right. was just an added bonus, obviously. That's just, that's just the green tea to your... Uh, that was. That was my chai tea of clothing. Yeah. I wanted to just drink it up. That's just the oxidants S- for your OG. <laughs> troll, 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 troll. Uh, antioxidants. So, I mean, I don't actually think I read a lot of Paul Dini's DC stuff. But, man, you could hand this to, to anybody and they could get into these characters like I did. Like, I don't know Jack Squad about Zatanna outside of the animated series. Or Black Canary. That I fact- feel bad. The only thing I know about Black Canary is that awful all-star Batman and Robin. Where she had the Irish accent. Oh, gosh. Remember that? Yeah, I do. You're probably... Um, you're probably exploding, weren't you, Jonesy? Yeah, I didn't have enough green tea antioxidant troll oh, on the show. Yeah, okay. I ruined it. Ruined it. Thanks for ruining <laughs> Good. our fun. Oh, you no. Know? 
You'll be fine. Trust me, there'll be something else in a couple okay. more minutes. So, <laughs> can we even go on now, Jonesy? <laughs> is this Jim, this is the audio I, version of Jonesy getting a notification that he was just unfollowed. <laughs> I know. Out of spite, I just want to just end the show. Close the laptop. <laughs> so, one fifty-five is the last episode. There are literally no kind of men in this book. It's like all females, and even when Green Arrow is shown. You know, with Black Canary, he's like a sidekick character, also ran like zilch in all the scenes where he could like, you know, he could do nothing right. Um, Great. Highly recommended. Great stuff from DC Comics. Man, all the, uh, hard to believe, all the Tumblr users out there are probably cartwheeling and high-fiving all at the same time. (laughs) Giffing it up. That's what they're doing. They're giffing Black Canary and Zatanna. Or is it Zatara? I think Zatara was her father. Yeah, Zatara was the dad. What um, what makes me roll my eyes every time you read a dialogue bubble from Zatanna is her magic spells are just magic words spelled backwards, backwards. and I'm just like, get out of here! That sticky. you don't like that? I think it's corn. I I don't know. It's just corny. I can't huh? take it seriously when it's better read, but when you visualize a a, a superhero in just repeat mm-hmm. saying words backwards. <laughs> it's like, eh, get out of here. I mean, so I mean, magic is crazy in and of itself, but that is the part that really ruins it for you. You get. I'm just saying, <laughs> you get me and her uh, in traffic on the Belt Parkway, and she'd get eaten alive. All right, no, no amount of backwards <laughs> Belt words. Parkway veteran Dale underscore A. He knows that thing inside and out after one trip. Today. I mean. Between that and the Verrazano <laughs> Bridge, I'll tell you. All <laughs> uh, right, enough fun and games. Yeah, we need to talk to Jonesy Loves Beer. Prepare for uh, yourselves to be- go up inside yourselves because... <laughs> Jonesy Loves Beer... Um, a beloved host voted. This is fact. Voted least favorite host in the show history. Uh, scored lower than now deceased Mark Farrington. God rest his soul. Former DC historian. What did you well, read this he get week? the sympathy martyr vote? Let's be honest. What did you read this week, Jonesy? Iron Fist, the Living Weapon, uh, issue number three. Oh, that came out nice. Mm, mm. Mm. So Iron Fist returns to Kung Lun. And it is devastated. This whole city destroyed. Uh, you know, he kind of fights his way through the remnants of the invaders and, like, loses his mind. He's off his rocker. And uh, he kind of goes up to see the Thunderer, you know, his master, the guy who trained him his whole life, his second father. And uh, the Thunderer's kind of kneeling below the tree of life or immortality or whatever they call it. Uh, you know, sobbing uncontrollably, and Iron Fist climbs the hill to to comfort him, and uh, he's not sobbing. He's been beheaded. What? His whole what? life has, <laughs> yeah. His master is dead, and uh, good old Prince of Orphan says, "Hey, this is your second chance. Take this life tree fruit and teach kung fu and be the master of Kung Lun and rebuild." And uh, Iron Fist is like, no, vengeance is mine, and kicks the Tree of Life in half. What? And he's about to go set it on a road to not only uh, keep Kung Loon destroyed, but to find out who did the destroying and destroy them. Oh, my God. It's a great... This this series reminds me of like a Bruce Lee uh, revenge kung fu film, uh, awesome kung fu action, great... You know, quasi-mystical, you know, Asian buzzwords. It's awesome. Uh, You need to be reading Iron Fist, The Living Weapon. What a great book. I feel like I should be watching Mannequin. That's the truth. The, The end of issue two... I didn't. I didn't get to the LCS yesterday. I was prepping for my uh, trip. Um, but besides that, I didn't get to the LCS. But the end of issue two literally 
had me in stitches. I mean, it was like the equivalent of me getting a flat tire on the Belt Parkway. <laughs> so it was bad? It was, it was just like a punch in the gut. You're like, I, oh, I don't know what to do for the next month while I wait for the next issue. Come out, car. Car Andrews, please guide me like you're like Master Thunderwood. Until he got, you know, decapitated. Car, please let Jonesy inadvertently spoil something for me. And I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know I didn't want it spoiled until he spoiled it. Excellent book though. Maybe I'll read it. This know. is gonna turn out to oh, be one on. of the top ten series Slim. of all year. Car Andrews, he he did I your all time favorite I, Wolverine I, issue. Oh car. Car car. Um yeah, well one of my all time favorites. Uh I don't know. He I mean Spider Man Rain, Car and I go way back. I think that's when the love affair began. Maybe I'll give it a shot one day. But not in my ne- immediate future. Okay, that's fair. Um, two sentences or less. Most popular segment in show history. Oh, it's my turn. Dale created it, one of his brainchilds. Is that um, a fact? Yeah, is that I think true? that is. That might have came up in one of the older episodes I listened to. Given two to s- temptation... Two senses or less, another book that you read, Dale. Okay. Wolverine, oh, sorry, red line. Wolverine and the X-Men, issue number four. Quite possibly my last issue of Wolverine and the X-Men. I like the overall idea that Latour is trying to push on me, but the individualized storytelling is a bit confusing and hard to follow. I think budget cuts may be necessary. Oh, my. Batman 44... One, A Lonely Place of Dying, part three of five. The introduction of Tim Drake into the Bat family as a young boy who deduced Bruce Wayne and Robin's true identities because he is not a moron. And he explains it in this. Issue. Rick Remendo's Captain America issue 21. For all you naysayers that may have said this Iron Nail storyline was slogging along, stay for the shocking twist ending that will set up the final arc and Remendo's amazing, compelling run. What? Lightning. Lightning. God, I have some theories about this. I have some lightning theories and (laughs) uh, fap. (laughs) Mesmo Delivery. Raphael Grandpa. is our book club for this podcast. Short, little mini kind of, I don't want to say mini book, because it's not our usual book club length of like 170 pages. 80 pages-ish. Came out in like 2008. I don't think I've ever even heard of it until Dale suggested it. It's like I was living on a rock. Or under it. In it and under it. That's what happens with, uh, you know, you get comfy in rocks. And yeah. then you see a hardcover sitting on the shelf of your local comic book shop. Hmm. And the design, the cover design, just reaches out. Right. Like uh, like one vampiric Christopher Sarandon. Oh, boy. A la Circa Cable Knit Sweater nightclub scene. <laughs> and I'm just young, innocent Amanda Bears. 
oh, in the comic book shop, and I'm just looking for trouble, but I don't know it yet. <laughs> and there's a hardcover of Mesmo Delivery sitting there. Jonesy, you're well known for your synopsis during our uh, book club segment. Can you please indulge us? Sure. Uh, so Mesmo Delivery is the book where Amanda Bierce has Google alerts on herself. <laughs> and all of a sudden she can't comprehend the sudden flood of uh, Google searches for her name. Uh, no, Mesmo Delivery is about Rufo and San Greco. And Rufo is a on-the-spot hire of Mesmo Delivery. He's the truck driver. He's a big, gruff, you know, six-foot, 300-pound bruiser. And San Greco is this very grindhousian Elvis impersonator, all in black, who basically opens the book saying how he was a better Elvis than Elvis. Uh, really a great, you know, one-off character. Or is he? Can I interject so, and just say, if you want to picture this character, Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, perfect. Oh, that's perfect, perfect casting. Yeah. Or an aged Nick Cage. Oh, that, that is even better in my book. Mm. So the Mesmo delivery boys uh, pull up at a gas station slash diner combo as glorifully found in the uh, Midwest. And uh, as Rufo goes in to use the men's, uh, you know, we're introduced to the town drunks. There's like the town tough guy and his kind of hanger on. And they've, uh, you know, got two working ladies, if you will, working ladies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. around them being their cheerleaders and saying how great the uh, the town bully is. And, uh, you know, Rufo comes out and he sits down and the only thing he does to antagonize this guy is have a glass of milk. So based on that alone, yeah, they're about to go outside and throw down. And you, you're pretty sure that Rufo's got this fight because he is built like a brick s house. Uh, but it turns out that the tables are turned and Rufo gets beat up. And guess what? Nick Cage is there to, to uh, you know, kick A and take names. And perhaps the best part of the book is the climax where you learn... Something interesting, and maybe nothing at all. My gosh, Jersey. Mesmo delivery has mesmoed my mind. Wow, brilliant! Your synapses, man. You're uh, you're on fire tonight. You're firing on all cylinders. <laughs> you know, going on vacation. I'm just I'm free. Is what it is. I'm free. You know what this book reminded me of is like those late night. I think it was MTV where they used to play those kind of like. Um, off the wall animated mini strips like the three minute kind of Aeon Fluxian mm-hmm. right or like the Max Liquid yeah, Television yeah there you go yeah Liquid Television yeah, I was like 33 finishing up his Wall Street run I think when <laughs> that came out yeah I just remember being like so high on coke I'd watch Liquid Television all night long <laughs> just lay there trying to finish his MBA using green bar paper <laughs> But uh, Raphael Grandpa's art, like I see his pinups all the time on Tumblr of just him looking like he spent 18 days just drawing this one splash page of a character, like a Marvel character or something. So this, I, And I think he did some strange tales for Marvel. I know he did a cover at least. Mm. But man, this book, this is like storytelling art 101. The art is so fantastic. It... I'm not a I'm not a man for tattoos, you know what I mean? But this art and the style and San Greco's look, I mean something about the the book inspires like tattoo worthy something. Like the mm-hmm. logos and at the end of the book grandpa tells uh how he ha- he designed all the logos you find in all the scenes in the book. And that's like a Mesmo delivery was designed like the logo and stuff. It was just something about it is just inspiring because the logos are all really cool blended with this art style and San Greco's look is like the coolest look ever. What does it for me is the story. I mean, I love the kind of encapsulated 
stories that kind of tell like, you know, like a movie is like, a, you know, the story is told in one night type of deal. And uh, for basically the story to, to fold out in one afternoon, but have such far reaching implications, especially I don't want to jump ahead, but the climax of the book you know, San Greco basically. What well, and it's uh, it's easy. Excuse me, George. It's easy to jump ahead. Sure. I mean, it's like sixty. It's a sixty page oh, story. Yeah, essentially. I guess so. I'm jumping everywhere all at once. <laughs> but uh, you know, San Greco basically bails uh, Rufo out, and uh, you know, kills the drunk and kind of saves the day. And the twist ending is that there is no delivery. It's an empty truck, and Rufo himself is the delivery. But to what you don't know. And why is San Greco an assassin? What's going on? And why is there a devil painted under the earth? Like, you get so many visual cues that have no answers. And it reminds me of, um, like, Quentin Tarantino's Grindhouse, where a lot of questions are raised and on purpose not answered so the, the reader can kind of come up with their own explanation. Awesome stuff. Yeah, it reminded me of a um, a Tales from the Crypt episode because H. I mean, it's perfect for this is HBO Tales from the Crypt material right here, and and that was just a cool show to be on, and you would find a, a wacky story like that, and mixed in occasionally with some nudity, which was fine for the uh, adolescent Dale underscore A, but it was such a un- yeah, it was such a unique twist at the end. I had no, I didn't see it coming. I mean. You knew this San Greco character was just cool. He was like Johnny Cash cool to, for some reason, but then he had then he just randomly pulls out these curved blades and takes everybody to task. I mean, the lot lizards done. Nice. The uh <laughs> the brawlers done. The the bartender slash gas station attendant who uh had it I, I guess he never had a chance but he he had a bit of a fighting chance if he would, had just complimented San Gregos Grant Gecko's uh fight masterpiece. style masterpiece yeah yeah his, his artistry of uh water dancing with knives and murdering people in the parking lot it's a nice uh, ice and fire reference you slid in there Cheers. the um i had had zero knowledge of what this book was about outside of Dale uh picking it for a book club and I thought it was interesting that, like, the norms that I'm used to, maybe in comics where there's a protagonist somewhere or a normal protagonist. So I thought it was, like, the, the boxer, the failed boxer uh, truck driver when he goes in there and gets into a fight with these drunks for, like, 50 bucks and he's just sitting there drinking his milk and he agrees to it. And I was like, man, this guy's going to kick their buttholes in. And it doesn't even happen. He gets his butt whooped. And not only that, when they're, like, laughing at him, yucking at him, he gets up to, like, oh, man, he's going to get his payback now. <laughs> and he throws, like, the most detailed, amazing cinematic punch to this dude that kicked his rear end, and he punches this chick in the face by accident and, like, destroys her skull and murders her. And I was like, holy crap, what is going on in this book? So now he, he not only just, like, destroys her skull, but, like, her face meat is on his fist and it's just like on there and i was like oh my gosh this book is intense and then from there that you know that fight breaks out they beat the crap out of him they throw him through like that bar and i thought he was dead i was like well who am i rooting for here and and you know it's like the what i'm used to in comics and maybe i'm not supposed to be rooting for anybody it's just you know sit back and read and i wasn't used to that i haven't been used to that for a while i can't remember the last book that was like that and then when um, Billy Bob comes out with his knives and God, there are some there's some amazing angles that uh, Grandpa chose. Like there's a full page of him slicing and dicing everybody, and then there's one where he like does a backflip, and then the angle that he draws him doing this kind of backflip from the sky. I was like, man, you mm-hmm. know, there's only a few people that would ever even think of doing that angle, and. This isn't like a slight to the people that do monthly comics, but like this art is nowhere near anything you get in a monthly comic. Not even just the art, but the storytelling decisions he made for mm-hmm. the art. Like you don't see that in a, in monthly comics that like at all. 
if ever, because, you know, there's just that kind of talent for art, I guess maybe just aren't doing monthly comics that much. Um, like the one where he's chasing down the little, the little dude and his mouth gets closer to the camera. So there's like four panels where he's running the faces in one, the next one you can, you're kind of like inside his mouth and then the next one, the blade of the guy's knife is cutting through his throat, so you can see it in his like uvula area, or not? What's yeah. the is it uvula? Uvula, you're right. Um, and I was like, "Holy God Almighty! Like, how do you even come up with that?" <laughs> and it's just there's some amazing stuff in this book that I don't know what the heck he's doing now. I mean, I have no idea. I haven't Googled him or anything, but you know, he's not in. He could be. I know. He could be storyboarding or doing concept designs for anything he wants at this point. Yeah, this, I mean, it's, it's, it's next level, gorgeous, beautiful art. And you're absolutely, you're, I love it even more now that you, you phrased it like that, Slim. I mean, you just don't see that in a monthly book of any kind. Mm-hmm. And we love comics. I mean, it's sure. not, that's, Imagine like you said, it's monthly not comics were like this every book we picked <laughs> up. Probably be an image book. Let's be honest. With you. <laughs> so what was so he's doing the he's killing people for some kind of payment. You know he would he doesn't know how to drive. Otherwise he'd be driving the truck himself and throwing the corpses in there. He needs like nine bodies, and he meets with his boss. But you never see the boss. You see him from the angle of you know his eyes, which is another you know small but really great way to show that you don't know who this guy is and you won't know. You know, in any other book, it's just some guy with like three quarters of his face shadowed out. Like they're, th- these artistic choices are so small, but they're, they're poignant, you know, when you look back at it. And uh, so who was, are we meant to know, you know, the relation between this guy and then that panel where the devil was underneath? Or was that just kind of like a pseudo you know, metaphorical, you know, the devil isn't really involved. This is just, you know, the devil is coming out or he's ready to pop out. I uh, I think it's one of those situations where he gives you just enough of both to where you can read it one way as this is a supernatural story or you could also read it as, you know, people are just evil. Yeah. And, you know, so you, I think it's up to the type of reader that you are to decide what world the story stands in. Man, what a page that was. With that devil yeah. underground just licking his chops like Jones. You're going... <laughs> well, I am the devil. I didn't know if you knew that. <laughs> but really, a, just a gorgeous piece of work through and through. I had zero idea what the heck it was, and it ended up turning out to be like just what you said, like Tales from the Crypt kind of uh, you know, story of the night or mm-hmm. grindhouse type type thing. It was it was amazing. I ended up going to his blog afterward just to see like the process stuff that he did for the book and it was it was pretty cool. That I think was his blog updated or No, it's like really mm. not infrequently updated. Maybe he'll come out to the paper cake meetup at Barcade. <laughs> <laughs> Word on the street is that karate chop will be there, right? Man, really? I heard Chuck Forsman was coming. He, our man, our man on the inside. If Karate Chop comes, I mean, he, that guy's from Boston. So when he uh, diddled, tiddled us with that little bit of information <laughs> there, that I mean, it, might, it was a diddle. It was a day. It could be the greatest living night of our lives if we survive the night. No, there's definitely Gen Z will be belligerent. I am never a belligerent. Chuck Forsman, I think, is in Massachusetts. Let me see. He's in Massachusetts. Tell Karate Chop, email Chuck. Where is Hancock, Massachusetts at? It's up up northeast. That sounds like that's a, like right Stephen next to Karate King Chop, isn't town. it? Yeah, they can carpool. I'm sure that's easy enough. But great pick, Dale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, really happy. Really knocked out of the park, Dale. That you picked this Thanks. one. Thanks. It, it worked out. I mean, it was a four-day paper keg week. So... You know, some of our book, scheduled book clubs may have been pushed on the, on the uh, 750 <laughs> pages. or Maybe we just needed to push it back, back burner those a little bit. So 
you know, we plan, we plan big episodes and then we sit down Monday morning and talk about it and then we just poop (laughs) because we don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Could be bad, but you know, some people only start to read the day of the show, you know, maybe a couple hours before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would plan a little bit better if we did a 26 page, 26 issue, however long it was going to be. Spoilers. Yeah, those those are planned further out, so we know. But even then, if we were going to be doing anything like that, yeah, you know, Jonesy's got to go out of town. He's got to go food shopping for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> when you food shop with a toddler, man, it's not ever fast. You feel my pain? Nothing with a toddler ever goes fast. And I I agree. Lightning <laughs> agree. <laughs> Uh, Mesmo Delivery. Highly recommend you check it out. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. You shoot us a letter. We might read it on the air. Uh. Uh, tonight's first letter comes to us from Matt Moore, or as you may know him, at Gorilla Scribe on the Twitter. He says, uh, Menace to Society is the subject, only better than the film, dot, 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 dot. Lads, just a quick scribble to say this week's episode of Paper K left me in stitches, causing me to not once but twice nearly go off the backwoods New Jersey road I must traverse every morning and night to get to and from work. Bravo. Your pal in Glenside, PA, Matt. P.S. A serious query. In terms of your reading selection, how do you find the time to balance the new material with the old? Also, how do you go about disposing of old issues and new issues? Do you donate them? Leave them in strategic locations? eBay them? What do you do? Mm. I uh, I currently sit on a problem of ignore the problem until <laughs> something really needs to be done. I just have issues piling up, you know, and then I long box them and then nothing else so far. Dale's current method is to get a pub height uh, table and then stack single issues in piles of 40 until the entire entire table is covered. Am I right, Dale? Did I get that pretty accurately? Uh, yes, it's uh, you're, you're accurate. You, Which I'm jealous of because I get to flip through them every time I'm over. Yeah, that's Feed it, bit. basically. And then I buy the hardcover of the same issue that I, of the same book that I bought in single issue, and then I have. And then both. the electricity goes out in the house <laughs> because you bought that book instead of paying the bill. I. Balancing new and old is easy for me because it's not new and old. It's just balancing anything to read. Right. I'm, I, over the past maybe, I don't know how long it's been, but I've been extremely burnt out on comics. So whatever I read and talk about on the show is generally the only thing that I read that week. Need a break. My, wow. I, I can't wow. wait for... Truth is coming out. Yeah, really. I thought I, I thought I mentioned that before. Maybe not on air. Now that's on air, though, you'll be texting <laughs> us... You'll be texting us, group texting, timed for a uh, We just need to tap, tap the brakes. brakes. Yeah. Tap Tapping the brakes, brakes you know, part a four-month. <laughs> Tapping the brakes, inside joke, when we canceled the show in episode 75. And then came back. Breaks. In, in uh, terms of uh, book club, though, we, we definitely just feel like we need to, I think, stagger. We try not to do too much of anything in a row. Well, yeah, the book, the book clubs are easy to do. Yeah. I think, anyway. That's the easiest part of the show. It's like the other stuff. It's difficult. I think the only system we have is I don't get to pick. <laughs> and then uh, we always get a good book club. I mean, I have a horrible track record. Yeah, you really do. I mean, there was authority, and then there was something else that wasn't so hot. I can't remember what it was. Moriarty. I I one. Yeah, Moriarty. <laughs> and I, I think my synopsis was the most... Uh, invigorating part of the episode, <laughs> and then your deadpan for the next 40 minutes uh, about it was, I think you can actually hear my heart break during that episode. Poor guy. 
I have think a Google, we have a Google Doc with all that stuff on there. Yeah, and and that's also for the book club is probably the only time I get to read old stuff. I I don't normally go back and choose to read older stuff if I have a, a queue of new stuff waiting for me. So that's how I get to read the old stuff. So it's all for the show. Yeah. Maybe, you know what? Maybe we should have the brakes, guys. Let's just <laughs> you know what? Close the laptops. I'm kidding. Never. I'll fold up the mics. <laughs> Not if we're getting ready to sell shirts. We can't tap the brakes. Oh my god! No, spoilers. the shirts Whoa, is the spoilers death spoilers now. Here was what? No, huh? you want you want to talk about spoilers, Slim? You try driving on the New Jersey Turnpike, <laughs> and then I see your your public thoughts about T-shirts come across. When you know darn well I can't reply and or do any coddling whatsoever, I'm on the turnpike, I'm on the Belt Parkway, and that's when you decide to voice your opinion, oh, maybe Charles Forsman, we would send him a shirt if we sold shirts. <laughs> I can't even reply, I'm driving. You understand me? Hashtag shirts, that's all I said. Yeah, I know, hashtag shirts. Yeah. It's so much, it's dripping with... More meaning <laughs> with undertones, <laughs> triple meanings, quadruple meanings. That's probably how Jonesy reads all my te- uh, my uh, twitters anymore. He's like, I think he it's goes all subtext meanings. towards me. <laughs> he's probably just paranoid. It's you know he's uh, Julia Roberts, and you're the other Look, guy from Sleeping with the I, Enemy. I just, <laughs> I just know. Sorry, that's a great reference. I just know that whenever Slim talks about shirts in a podcast, that podcast ends. Listen, it happened maybe twice. You've only had three shows. Getting <laughs> getting a <laughs> t-shirt made of a podcast has resulted in a cancellation of a podcast maybe 75% of the time. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But uh, At least but, let's just get tap the brakes put on the shirt ahead of time. <laughs> but if I think we can all agree paper cake isn't going anywhere and maybe it's i don't know right i mean i could easily just kind of fade out into the oh. sunset and you know you two could do it it's just you just know get recording. a guest just hit what, just we got, do we have right another now. letter maybe we should just move on to the next letter <laughs> yeah our next letter comes from at uh, hold on. <laughs> at under an anchor on twitter sean miller sean gregory miller and uh, his comic the original Hey guys, not sure if you all hear this enough, but Paper Keg is fantastic. The commentary on the books, the format and sound quality of the show, and the informal but insightful banter between all the hosts make for a great podcast. Every time I tune in for a new episode, it feels like I'm putting on my favorite black v-neck, sliding into my two favorite pair of socks, and wrapping up in my trusty electric blanket and or shawl. It's why I keep coming back week after week. This guy just knows how to get all of us at once. Mm-hmm. When discussing the Superman alien crossover, someone said they used it to press turd flowers, unquote, <laughs> because they disliked it so much. I thought this would be a great way to rate a book. Obviously, the more you dislike a book, the more turd flowers pressed. No turd flowers would be the highest possible rate giving. Uh, open or cl- open parentheses. Drink every time I make the person reading this say turd flowers. Close paren. <laughs> You could get more in-depth and rate the writing and are on separate turd flower scales. A book with a four turd flower rating on writing, but a zero turd flower rating on art could still be recommended. Give it a shot. I'm sure it'll catch on. My throat is completely dry from saying turd flower 50 times already. <laughs> I was also sure happy you to say that. <laughs> I was all happy show. to see you were doing an episode on Mesmo Delivery. That was the first non-superhero comic I ever read. Grandpa's art blew my mind. Anyway, thanks for a great podcast. Hashtag Turd Flowers. Signed, Sean Gregory Miller. Yeah, well, that was in reference to Jonesy's opening salvo of his <laughs> his uh, summation of the book was already seething and th- dripping with acid. Yeah, I mean, he was venomous. Seething yeah. with turd flowers. With turd venom. It yeah. was really inescapable, Jonesy's... Emotions got the best of him during All that synopsis. All I said was, the more he loses his powers, exponentially increases his knowledge of alien technology. That was the only thing I said, and you guys jumped all over me. Check you the dogpiled check on the me. Tapes. Do we want to check the tapes just like we you refuted your, I'm pretty your sure incident the where you told a, a dear friend to eat ass and die? <laughs> no, I never denied that. I just, it just wasn't my proudest moment. Hmm. 
Well, that was a great letter, first of all, the first yeah. half. Yeah. We obviously Thank will you. accept any kudos on the air, and we will read it no matter what. But uh, Turd flowers would look good on a uh, T-shirt. Just saying. <laughs> you uh, be the you are the v- you're the VP of merch, so this is your this is your territory here. I know. Yeah, just let me gimp something together and make it look <laughs> legit. Times New Roman. <laughs> Times New Roman. <laughs> and you put that on some kind of make your own T-shirt. Spend thirty bucks, we got a shirt. There you Boom. go. Problem go solved. I hope, uh, I'll, get, I'll be at the mall kiosk for the next couple afternoons, getting them all <laughs> ironed on. Go to Amazon, get uh, 10 Fruit of the Loom white shirts from Fulfillment. <laughs> be good to go. Uh, yeah, we Dragon Fro is okay. You know, we are pretty proud of this show, if we can be blunt. Yes. A, a kid, All kidding aside. I think we did pretty good for 176 And the only thing episodes. we wanted to do was deliver 155 quality episodes. That was our plan the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing One, started. Five, five. The whole thing started with us listening to podcasts. And calling them all crap. <laughs> there is a lot of C-R-A-P comic podcasts out there. They're getting better now. You know? Mm. But uh, there's a lot of poo out there. You know what? I'm not going to buy that omnibus that I can't even read because it's 3,000 pages and it would break apart and kill me. I'm going to buy a microphone instead. There you go. As that I, wasn't in direct I... reference to anybody. That was just a... That was the first book you picked because that was the you couldn't wait to comment on my picture of my JSA omnibus. That how many pages is that omnibus? I don't know. I actually I can't look at it right now because my my laptop's sitting on it. So I can. <laughs> so you're, you're using it as a desk. It's That's perfect. why you can't it's, look at it. It's it's I I used to have it just on a box with my magic cards my lap my recording laptop, but I was like let me just raise it up a little bit, try to you know even out the camera. You know what? I can't check the page count. We're using it as a load-bearing wall in the basement, (laughs) so I'm going to have to hold on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I would would, uh, get into it. I would reply more with something more comeback-ish, but I tell you what, I had a primo hoagie for dinner, and I am probably at my month's limit for salt intake i can't even conjure up saliva my mouth is so dry right now i'm trying to drink water (laughs) you had strep throat and was like i need a primo hoagie i'm getting over strep and i would like to dehydrate myself and eat sandpaper bread salted meats (laughs) and cheeses i can't even see my dr dale is that what it is is that what he recommended i just keep drinking uh water and i can't i got no spit his uh, prescription uh, pad is a Prima Hoagie order form. Hold on, I gotta write down that quote. I need salted meats. I'm gonna make <laughs> something out of that. My lips are all cracked and dried. I can't even. Uh... That's what, what a the, show! That's what the Belt Parkway I'll do to a man. <laughs> July nineteenth. Mm. Put it on your calendar, guys. Tell your wives that you know what I've had enough. I'm gonna have a night to myself. Matt Moore. Glenside PA. Matt Moore, tell your wife to watch the kids. You could pull a have a fight the morning of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. You know what I mean? You know what? I'm going out. I don't need this. We need some time apart. Just, is what you should say. You just storm out like on the te- like they do on television shows. Yeah. Not come back until you've vented. We'll see everybody next week.
the best concerts I've ever been to right there. Yeah? Jimmy James. What a show. Definitely. Oh, but, uh, so, Book Club um, is going to go down as one of my favorites. Listen back to episode 76 after a uh, friend of the show, mm-hmm. Ren Mike D on Twitter. That's his Twitter name, right? Yeah. I usually say Ren Mike. Is that not right? I think Mike D sounds cooler. Okay, fair enough. Because he said, you know, Dale had some edge. I was edgy. On those says. older episodes. This was our That was our first episode back from the hiatus when the show ended. We came back. Man, Dale did have some edge. We all had some edge back then. Okay. Mainly, maybe me and Dale. I don't know what Jonesy was doing. I was probably just nice, like I always am. Probably just hamming it up for stage, for nobody. stage and screen. Sending in audio files or radio stations, trying to get some weekend shifts. It's <laughs> real. It's real. Yeah, he's asking me for copies of the audio, make himself a reel. Man, we were lighting up some books that we did not like. So lighting up. Up. Do you want to divulge, or is that even? I mean, there was some. I don't even know because we're in a different place right now. Yeah, we really yeah. are. Did I even have a kid back then? We did. Yes. Yeah, I yes, did. We had a kid. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I still had the same job. I don't know why I was so footloose and fancy free back then. Just a different That's place true. mentally. That's true because he, yeah. I don't know why that was. Who is you had your interview like Paper Cake episode thirty? It's like really, we were still early. Rec- we were still recording in Mark's basement occasionally when I came yeah. back from my one interview. Oh um, yeah, we ate. There were some great. Probably. There were some great uh, racial comments from one of the hosts, which could be appalling at first, but I'm pretty sure it was an inside joke from like a few episodes before. I'm Which makes me even wonder about inside jokes now. Like, what happens when somebody listens to this show for the first time and yeah. maybe Edes and Die comes out? Does that mean <laughs> anything to them? Right, or we is cycle it just, pretty or is it just heavily with repulsive? inside jokes. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, we're hitting download records left and right, if I can be honest with you. So maybe it doesn't matter. Chelsea, keep telling people to die and eat their own feces. <laughs> as long as it gets the numbers up. <laughs> their own... <laughs> As long as it gets the numbers up, Jonesy, you be as standoffish as you want to your oldest friends. You know? You tell them to do whatever they need to do with their bodily functions. Sometimes I just imagine because Jonesy, they you know, made fun of the fireside chat. That's what we're doing right now. You know those old like ticker stock ticker machines? <laughs> I picture Jonesy like coming coming over after a show after he just says something really racist and he's like pulling the paper out, <laughs> checking the stock ticker for the download numbers, <laughs> licking his chops. Uh, like when uh, the... like uh, sorry, <laughs> interrupt. when uh, Robocop is ha- starting to he's just like lying dormant in his chair and he starts to have memories about his family. <laughs> And those needles are just bouncing. They're just going off the wall. And the doctor's over there. He runs, runs over and just tears off the tape looking at these squiggles. Even funnier is the faces that Murphy is making during that nightmare <laughs> scene where his body's like going through the contortion. <laughs> and his chest like juts out. He does that move a lot in that movie. So true. He really had to do it up though. I mean. One of the, one of the best movies of all time. Robocop, hands down. Yeah. Did anyone get around to seeing the remake? Is it any good? No desire to see it. I didn't. Okay, fair enough. It was I know Robocop movie. threw out the pitch at a baseball game recently. Did he? Oh, yeah? Yeah, I saw that on the internet. Old-timey Robocop or new? No, new, new one. Mm-hmm. Old-timey Robocop. <laughs> Old-timey. <laughs> what was the rebuttal to the lightning round? Wasn't there a lightning something? Yeah. You had a lightning theory about Cap, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't talk about it, I guess, because oh, you said read it. Is it confirmed that he's Remendo's off of Cap? Uh, No, but I haven't read anything. But, I mean, if this, is the, like... if this is the final storyline, it would be a fitting end. Not that I want him to go off, but it's like certainly feels like it could be. No, that's the, feel- that's the feeling I got when I read that uh, issue was... You know, Remendo has this way of making a filler 
very poignant by adding a twist. So this is definitely the middle meat of his arc because this this third arc is going to all be about either getting back to the status quo for Steve or having Captain Captain America be a totally different character from now on. I'll tell you what, I love that Nick Klein character on art. I like him a lot. I was surprised. I don't know. It'll be int- the next five issues are going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the, the the problem I see, right? If the next five issues are all about the Iron Nail, which started twelve issues ago, no, no uh, you, know what I mean? you just got to you got to read it. I do. Yeah. I, you're right. I do. I'm yeah. I'm far behind anyway. So. It's a. Uh, it feels like it's going to be a whole new direction. Ooh, yeah. Than what's going on, been going on, man. Well, not like new direction, but like a different turn. Same vibe overall. Uh, what was my lightning round? I got a theory. I'll tell you. Oh, I got a, I got a theory too, Jonesy. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what What's right your now. Theory? Brass tacks. Let's, let's swap theories we can't, right now. We can't do it right now for the people. Yeah, they got to read it. All right, well, when we get off the air, we're going to swap theories. Okay. What was uh, your lightning round, Dale? We're reading the X-Men 4. Oh, that's right. I really, I want to really like what the storyline is evolving, but I just can't, like, at times I either can't wrap my head around it or there's parts of the story that are uninteresting to me. Especially the, have you been reading it at all? I read the first one and it just didn't grab me. Little for me. Little Kid Apocalypse keeps calling Phantom X Uncle Cluster. I don't mm-hmm. know what that's from, but. You got to read Uncanny X-Force, bub. You still Kid, have to, Kid Apocalypse you, is in that? Yeah, that's the the first storyline. That's where he came from. Is oh, that first arc okay. because the the X the Uncanny X Force are formed because Apocalypse is like coming back, if I recall correctly. And then once they get to where Apocalypse is, where the first time they reveal Apocalypse, he's a clone, but he's that kid. So okay. now their mission is they have to kill Apocalypse, but he's this kid. So what do they do? Jeez, we kind of. And um, I'm just saying, if that were on some sort of Google Docket for a book club episode, I'm telling you, I might buy that omnibus. Rick Remender's Deadpool in that run, unrivaled. So next my to, seed. Next to I'd the be good, the bad, flowers the ugly. of seed in that omnibus. <laughs> Sorry. Make yourself another desk. Add another wing to your house with yeah. these omnibus. Prop up my laptop a little more. <laughs> Perfect height. Uh, Good times. Yeah. So, so the I want to like it, but maybe I just it's time. And I hate to do it because I don't want to be one of the guys that r- the reason Wolverine and the X Men gets canceled. But if Wolverine's going to die anyway. What's what about original sin? Anybody reading that? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it particularly this last uh, issue. I thought the twist at the end was uh, appropriate. Do you think that was real? Like really real? Not not no. getting into spoilers. No, no, I don't think it was real. I think it was staged to look did, that way. Did one the net issue just come out yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, three. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I'm not caught up then. I'm just saying, uh, LMD. You know, mm. what did I just read? Some new series is coming out, and Mike Diodato is going to be drawing it. <laughs> they announced him. I can't remember. Another Aaron John, maybe, or something. What was it? Is it the uh, Remendo series? Oh, come on. Don't say that. Stop it. That's you, why do you mean, not like mean. his... That's mean. I'm just, wor- I'm just thinking out it loud just doesn't, coming It up. just touches me the wrong way. Mm. His art. It's too computer-generated-ish. Him and Brandon Peterson. It looks like they did it on a like like using a computer program, and maybe they did, but I mean, it just comes off that way. Brandon Peterson was like, but the both of them were big in the '90s, or you know, Peterson maybe more so. But I just can't. I don't want to read a book with their art in it. It's just not Gosh. what I want to read in a. <laughs> I'm trying to say it's it that bad. in the most impartial it, way, kind so. of like subjective. Their art just. It's not what I re- want to read my comic books with. I think Original Sin is some of his best art. I don't know. It feels like 
um, concept art for a cutscene in a video game. My God. For PS2. People wow. love so it. You, it. you can love it. That's fine. People hate da- uh, so, Acuna. So I love press turds. More <laughs> press turds then from Slump. No comment on the turd scale at this time. I don't know. <laughs> we can end it there. I mean, if you want. Turd scale? Yeah. I think that's the way yeah. to do it. I mean, we we might have another show to record. <laughs> Goodbye.